Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Shot by Shot. This is Sean. This is Kevin. And today we have a fantastic guest, someone near and dear to my heart, with a smile that could illuminate the Mariana Trench, Mr. Johnny Christmas. Kevin, you know Johnny, right? Well, I didn't know Johnny until we did the podcast. But uh, you I know, know of him. his work. Oh yes, of course. Uh, yeah, he's great. Really nice guy. Thoroughly enjoyed our conversation. As you advertised, one of the nicest guys in the in the industry. It's interesting because he is the unicorn of being incredibly pleasant and also awe-inspiringly talented and versatile. If you're not familiar with his work, he's been writing this nice European manga called Tartarus for Image Comics with Jack T. Cole as the artist. Before that, he translated William Gibson's script for Alien 3. And before that, he did the very charming Firebug. So Firebug, as we know, is this very light mythological fantasy, whereas Alien 3 is far more harrowing than its film counterpart. This is all to say that Johnny Christmas really can dive into any genre and nail it. Yeah, he, his skill set is wide. I mean, there's not a lot of guys that uh, write and draw to begin with, but then you've got a guy that will just will draw someone else's story. He can write and draw, or he can write for another artist, and he does all three of those things really well. A little bit of a renaissance man. There you go. Yeah, so we also talk about his early work in Sheltered, and we also touch on Angel Catbird, which was his collaboration with the legendary Margaret Atwood. So we'll stop talking and let you listen to the lovely Mr. Johnny Christmas. <laughs> Get all heard... your salient points in now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, my diction is gonna like completely fall apart. It's gonna be like raw. Just one long uh, drone. It's gonna start coming out. Yeah. <laughs> Johnny, you literally just said my diction is going to fall apart, which makes me think your diction will never fall apart. Yes. <laughs> People with that vocabulary are always pretty well done. <laughs> he won't be able to reach for the 15 letter words anymore. He'll be limited to the 10. <laughs> All right, everybody. We are here with the lovely Mr. Johnny Christmas on Shop hey. by Shop. Johnny, you've worked on a lot of stuff, but let's go through it a little bit. I know you from Tartarus most recently. But before that, you're an Angel Catbird with Margaret Atwood. You mm -hmm. did Aliens 3, but on the alternative script by William Gibson. Yes. And before that, you did Firebug as well. Yes. What am I missing? Uh, sheltered uh, with uh, my buddy Ed Brisson over at Image. I knew that. Um, you also did that yeah. horror book. Which horror book? Pisces. Oh, Pisces. Maybe we should <laughs> yeah, talk about that, that one. Maybe I should Pisces, my uh, the the dark the dark episode. Um, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so I, watch out for but, but, watch out for Sean, man. He's gonna hit you with some deep. Gonna, I know, right? <laughs> but but wait, by by far, besides your sheer artistic talent, I think you are the no, most genteel affable human being in comics you sure yes no, i am absolutely sure i think brian's got me beat i think it's a oh no, no 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 i think i think i think we're we're all kind of like just below walt simonson walt simonson is is the mark you know like uh -huh. he's as nice as you can be without having a halo <laughs> <You know? laughs> and everyone descends down from there <laughs> I've never met him. I don't think I'm allowed in the same room. Like he's he's so saintly. It's just like, oh, oh, nice. dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and and it's weird because when I'm around him, I try to be cool, but like, <laughs> you know, it's like it's really it's really tough. Like not not kind of going. Okay, okay, okay. So in Thor, right? <laughs> you know, it's like I almost went to SVA. For the because I heard he taught there, oh, that was wow. that was the entire reason. I was like, uh, it wasn't even on my radar, and I was like, Walt Simonson, and I like, 
filling out application forms solely so I could be taught by that guy. Oh, dude, that if I had gone there, that would have been a restraining order. I mean, without <laughs> without a, a doubt, because I would have just like, I would have picked him clean. I would have just been in his classes and just asking him questions uh, constantly, you know, which is, uh, which is really cool. Um, one of the things that I wanted to kind of get started with with you is and Brian, the thing wait, that wait, I wait, admire. Wait, 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 Brian. Oh. What are we drinking? Hmm? Oh, how dare you turn this into sophisticated talk about art and function? Okay. We need to talk about alcohol first. Okay, yeah. I, I, sh I showed the guys first, okay, and uh, and and let's let's be you know sort of serious here. Kevin's drink will kick my drink's ass, okay? <laughs> no, because... his drinks always kicks everyone's ass. They strip paint. <laughs> What I'm what I'm drinking is um, mint leaf and cucumbers in mineral water. <laughs> I feel I more don't know why this is called shot by shot. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and the thing about it is, is I am embarrassed about just how white that is. <laughs> I wasn't gonna say it, but yeah. <laughs> Did my wife loan you her drink for the night? <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So. That's, that's why you'll live to be 110. Um, <laughs> yeah. That's the that's the plan. All right, Kevin, we're saving you for last. Uh, Mr. Christmas, what are you drinking? I am drinking. I just picked it up. I've never had it before. It is a Russell Brewing Company double, uh, Belgian double, uh, uh, made here in beautiful BC, uh, Canada. And uh, yeah, uh, oh, uh, it's so far so good. It's tasting, tasting pretty good. Yeah, Belgian so double. So what exactly do they double? Is it the alcohol? Is it the Belgians? <laughs> I'll, I'll read the can. Okay. Traditional dark Belgian style beer with notes of dark fruit, caramelized sugars, and spice. Mm, okay, sounds good. Uh, while this may sound like dessert in a glass, it remains balanced with a dry finish and a refreshing effervescence. Wow. Yeah. wow. Man. That's, that's okay, I don't feel down. so bad now. I don't, I don't feel so bad. <laughs> Brian, that, are you tempted to go the dark side of alcohol after reading that description? <laughs> You've notched me up a little bit on that one. Thanks, man. Effervescence. Really appreciate yeah, it. There you go. Yeah. Uh, yeah. to make you feel at home on your own podcast. <laughs> yeah. All right, Kevin. We're ready. Well, what are you drinking? <laughs> well, I, I am drinking, I, I am gluten intolerant, which is also something I'm vaguely ashamed in of because uh, I'm Italian. It's like a human oxymoron, but I'm drinking bourbon barrel peach cider. So it's peach, <sighs> it's peach cider, but aged in a bourbon barrel. Not shabby. Wow. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah. Not, not shabby. Yeah. Not shabby. Semi-sweet. Yeah. I, just, it... yeah, I assume that all the Italians that were gluten intolerant died off like centuries ago <laughs> yeah, right <laughs> but the, the ones that survived they went to portland yes <laughs> the daintiest most health conscious city in the united states nice all right yes well, put us to um, shame kevin well in honor of our the guest we've with the coolest name we've had so far without a doubt so i was sitting there i was, I was thinking what am i going to drink tonight i need to make something special and then it, it hit me that I had this uh, bottle of Jack Daniels Winter Jack Tennessee Cider in my liquor cabinet from Christmas like two years ago. So I, I literally it was all the way in the back. Uh, we, I have cracked it open and uh, I'm having a little winter, winter wonderland. So cheers. Awesome. I've, oh, I've also brought stories from two years ago. So it's, uh, it'll be just, <laughs> just as fresh as the, uh, the whiskey cider. But, but wait, awesome. Johnny, Johnny Christmas is your real name. It is. It is. Well, is John Christmas. Is right. Uh, what is Christmas? Where did that come from? Where did that name come from? Uh, probably slavery. <laughs> <laughs> All okay. right. Good night, folks. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's 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 awesome. I mean, ancestry just uh, dot com has the easiest time with black people. I know, right? <laughs> it's it's like, like a hard. It's walk. like five generations slavery. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, done. That assignment in class, like, oh, you do your your family tree, and I went home, and I told my parents, I was like, oh, we're doing a family tree, and they just stared at me. 
<laughs> you, you, okay, you know, let's let's see how far we can go back on that. Uh, <laughs> All right, Brian, what questions about process and art shall you lead with? Okay, um, one of the things that um, that I that I always tend to kind of talk about is the whole difference between, um, and and I think there's a comic book analogy, you know but I always kind of use the movie analogy uh, of actors and stars. You know, there are actors who become the role and there are stars that bring the role to them. Uh, and your stuff really lets me know that you're a actor. I mean, what you do is you completely reinvent yourself with every job that you take on, um, which, which I think, is the true mark of a storyteller. You know, it's not that you kind of go, hey, this is how I do my work. I'm gonna do it this way every time and every job is gonna look exactly the same. And if you think I'm awesome, that's cool. You don't do that. You, you know, the stuff that you did on, uh, on Aliens, I think is completely different than the stuff that you did on Sheltered. And, uh, and not only is it different, but it's a better fit for that project. Uh, and uh, and I think that's that's the root of great storytelling is actually kind of becoming the artist that the project needs rather than bringing the project to you. Uh, and I really admire that about your stuff. Thanks, thanks, Brian. I, I, thanks so much. I really uh, that means a lot, especially coming from you. Um, yeah, that that's a big part of how I approach the work. I, I want to serve the work, and um, instead of just hitting like my my high points and strong suits, you know, and. Uh, and, I'll, and I often think that every, every book changes you in some way, like every assignment mm. you take on like changes you in some small way. And that to rise to sort of see what it needs helps you on your way uh, to become a better storyteller and, and, and trying to service it just kind of gives you a, another window into yourself uh, by trying to, 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 uh, to service the demands of the book. So yeah, yeah, it means a lot. I think about that quite uh, consciously. Because I, I think the uh, I think the stars, you know, their style is preloaded, so yeah. they can just like page one, they're gone. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. do you do you find that you do like a lot of character sketches and a lot of spin up before you before you can actually take on that first issue? Uh, not as many sketches, uh, but a lot of internalizing the script. So I'll mm. I'll try and. Um, I'll try and think about the script, try and think about the characters, think about how they move. I, I think about it like a, you know, like an actor would and, and try and see what they, what their, what their deep motivations are. So that I'm not playing the, the text as much as the subtext uh, because yeah. a lot of times you, you've got that in, in, in the, the dialogue. But if we can have this subtle way in which we uh, convey the world through visuals, uh, I try to put a lot of that in. So that you've got, you know, another layer going in terms of storytelling, which we all do, obviously. But you know, um, I, I think quite a bit about that when I'm not. Oh, like, that's it's 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 really it's really awesome, and and I think um, just the difference between uh, Alien and and Sheltered, um, and and I don't know how many years spanned in between those two projects, but um, but you have one that's like in you know with Sheltered, it's uh, it's incredibly organic. You know, <laughs> it, it, there's there isn't, it doesn't feel like a single straight line in the entire right. project, <laughs> you know? It, it reminded me that, and I don't know where this genre came from, but it suddenly just like popped up. And I, and I think maybe even John Carpenter's The Thing is, uh, is one of the early examples, but it sees like great white desolate North thrillers, you know, <laughs> like Fargo, Fortitude uh, and uh, Ten Star, where you have these characters up in the snow and just all this desolation and they're in the middle of just stuff going down, you know? And, uh, and I think the way that you approach that, you know, that very organic, very, you know, sort of soupy way that you handle things um, just really work with that story well. Oh, and, and then you jump to Alien and it's clean. <laughs> you know, it's like really clean, slick, it's mechanical. It's like everything just, just looks very machined. Um, and just to be able to span, you know, I, I think most artists kind of try to get a comfort zone 
yeah. and try to only do work within that comfort zone. But um, but you seem to kind of jump around uh, a lot and do a lot of reinvention. Yeah, I wanted shelter to feel like uh, I wanted to look like a childhood memory felt. So since these were uh, oh, wow. teenagers. Yeah, like, you know, like how you you uh, you think about your your old room as a kid and then you go and you visit that house and you realize it's a lot smaller than you thought it was or it's a yeah, lot, yeah. you know, you see your old neighborhood and you're like, I thought the corner store was. So I really wanted to get a beat on um, having the trailers not. Um, I originally had a map where everything was and I knew where everything was where they made this left turn and blah, blah, blah. And then I had to throw it out because I wanted it to be I wanted it to feel fuzzy because this was this very traumatic. That's a good um, word. Yeah, yeah, the super traumatic uh, moment in these teens' lives where everything changes and keeps changing. And I wanted it to, to feel like, like a, a memory that they might look back on fondly because it's their childhood, even though it's very dark, but it was there, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so so that, was, that was my approach to, to shelter. And, and that way it kind of made the, the starkness of the world not so ugly i wanted it to be a little yeah like a little whimsical a little kind of like a lullaby a little bit um yeah yeah well, well i think i think the juxtaposition of that where you know like there's there's something incredibly disturbing about blood on snow you yeah. know where yeah. where you you have this environment that you know that conjures feelings like christmas and you know sort of that wonderland but then you have horrific things happening. <laughs> you, know, yeah. you have like people getting kind of shot and, and it's almost like, you know, somebody getting shot in the city is like no big deal. <laughs> you know, but like somebody getting shot amongst nature is just like horrific, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Well, in the city, you've got somewhere to hide. But amongst that snow, like you said, that vast expanse, yeah. there's nowhere to hide, you know, emotionally, physically, and you just have to deal with it. And these are kids, you know, so they've got all these emotions. And they're all spinning out and they just like uh, roll across the landscape like thunder, you know, these emotions that they're having. And they have to, they've got nothing but each other, you know, yeah. to, to bounce these things off of. So these emotions come echoing back like, you know, like a, a, an echo, like in a canyon or something. And, and they're yeah. just like pinging off of each other. And it's something, um, something else that I think is really smooth, which you, um, which you did speaking of fortitude is, it's almost like you made the first part of it too boring. <laughs> you know, I mean, it was just—it was just so, so crushingly boring. You know, and um, and all of the all of the camera setups were very bland. All of the shots were just like, oh, this is just a matter of fact. And right. and as I was reading through it, I was just like. So we, we, we're going to get to the thing here. Right. right. <laughs> you know? And, um, and then suddenly when you got to the action, suddenly we're seeing these Dutch angles, you know, sort of, and we're seeing things break the panel border and just all of this like chaotic sort of stuff happening. And I think, um, especially like, um, now that you say it's viewed from, um, from kind of a child's memory, it just really has that, like, there's no medium, you know, it's either, up yeah. here or it's down here you right. know and I, and I think I think that adds to like how kids tend to remember things you know it's like every everything that's like middle just thrown out exactly. you know? it's just yeah. like I just remember the exciting thing happens or nothing's happening you it's know all so extremes. yeah and and also another part of it might be that it was also my first job in comics my first series so, oh really oh yeah so there's like a oh, dude so there's uh my intention but also probably like uh trying to get my skills up to the par as well like thrown into that mix as well so. oh yeah yeah and 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 i think uh in in all the stuff that that you're doing here one one of the things that um that i think is is kind of a basic edict for us as as storytellers is is actually getting to the point where you realize um that you're actually not drawing pictures you're drawing experiences yeah. and yeah. and trying to kind of go okay let me see if I can use my ego as a tool, you know, sort of rather than as the conductor of, of what need be done here. And, uh, and, and I got to tell you, man, the toughest thing is to draw an ugly panel yeah. because the story needs an ugly panel, you know, or draw a boring panel 
because the story needs a boring panel. You know, yeah. that's, that's just like the, the, the toughest thing. And, uh, and even, even things um, like um, purposely making a beautiful girl unattractive. Yeah. You know, it's like really like playing that, you know, so that it becomes a person's experience rather than just, you know, um, stenography. Um, yeah. And so, um, so, and, and, and you're, you're, you're totally killing that on the shelter book. It's, it's just, you know, just really, really good choices, really good. Even your choices of, uh, of paneling, uh, I think, uh, I think really works out. Oh, thanks. Uh, Appreciate that. And, uh, yeah, so, and uh, and on on the alien story, I wanted to ask you, how daunting is that? It's like it's like because I mean you know I, I I feel your pain because you know I worked with Tanahase, so I'm like oh my god, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just like this writer that's just like a five ton weight sort yeah. of being dropped on you, and uh, and now. What do you have to say? <laughs> so how was that? The, what I was lucky in, in that experience was that it, the work was done. Bill had a say, he, he wrote his script and that was that. So it was up to me to adapt it, you know? So, and I had a lot of freedom to do that, but oh, I didn't wow. want, yeah, I didn't want him to be upset with it. So I would, I would send him, whenever I adapted each part into a script, I would send him notes of, what I changed, why I changed it, and where it is in the script. Because I wanted him to just oh, kind man. of, oh, yeah, I wanted him to be fully like aware of what's going on. And, and like, and if he had any like, you know, feedback of like, oh, you know, actually, I made it this way for a reason. Please keep it this way. Um, okay. But, yeah. I was wondering if you just took the dialogue from the script and just added pictures to it, or if you had to do some adaptation. I try to keep it as close as possible. Because his script has been around long enough where the script itself has fans, you know. So oh, wow. I, wow. I, wanted, I wanted it to be, I wanted them to read it and go, yeah, yeah, this, this, like, even if the changes that, even the changes I made, that they wouldn't notice it, you know, again, to service the story instead of I'm um, trying to put my stamp on it that I, that I am here. But also, I mean, part of what I think is beautiful about the Alien series is that auteurs are allowed to put their stamp on it. Each yeah, yeah. Film has its own look, uh, depending on who's directing it. And a lot of times with the series as well, you know, like you've got, you know, that series with Stoko on it, you know, because I've, I've never done licensed stuff and I shy away from it. But that was, that seemed good to me because I love the Alien series, like the face yeah. terrifying creature in all of cinematic history, I, I say. But like that, I'd be able to put my own spin on it. So, uh, so getting Bill's script, I was, it was daunting, um, but being able to like share, share my changes with them. And he was so cool about all of it. Oh, nice. And he man. was, he was generous. He didn't have a lot of time to give cause he was working on, um, on his new book that came out agency, but the time that he could give, he, he did, you know, and he, you know, uh, was encouraging, gave feedback. We got together and had coffee yeah. at one point, you know, it was just really cool of him. Cause it's something that he wrote like 30 years ago. He does like, he's moved on. And the fact that yeah. he like you know, took the time for me adapting something that he did a long time ago was really cool of him. And, and I'll, I'll be eternally grateful for that. But Johnny, I, I, I got to ask, man, like you're, you're working off of H.R. Geiger and Ridley Scott and all those set pieces. Mm -hmm. Where does your brain separate that and kind of feel free to innovate? <sighs> That's a good question. Uh, wherever there were new characters and new setups, because I kept, yeah, I kept pick, pinging off of uh, Scott and, and Cameron's treatment, you know, because I, I uh, man, Aliens is so insane. And, uh, and, and looking at what they were both doing in terms of pacing, like Scott was like very, it was just like this magisterial, beautiful, like slow moving kind yeah. of thing that was like, he, it was like a soccer match, you know, he wasn't going to like cheat with like bullshit along the way he was gonna like you're gonna go through this thing you're gonna be rewarded with your your patience is gonna be rewarded but you're gonna have to stick with us and and every shot is beautiful and it's just it's cameron's is just like just like a metronome going off like it's it's just this beautiful thing that starts speeding up and then it does not stop until the end that's crazy yeah. it doesn't yeah. once it picks up it doesn't you know so I, I thought quite a bit of that in terms of uh what i was doing with pacing and but I was allowed to do a pacing, which was kind of cool. Yeah. Well, the, the cool thing is, um, 
And, and, and I think it's, it's, it's sort of tough to do with something like that um, because, you know, you have the writer that's a juggernaut and then you have the property that's a uh, juggernaut. What's, what's cool is you, you did it without cheating off of those guys. Yeah. You know, I mean, it, it wasn't, it wasn't like, ah, oh, here's, here's some Cameron right here. <laughs> you yeah, can tell, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can tell that he was looking at Cameron when he did this and, and, oh, this is obviously Ridley Scott. Um, the, the stuff seemed like very unique. Uh, and, and at the same time, not insulting to the stuff that was already uh, out there. George Lucas couldn't even pull that off with Star Wars. So, so it's like, it's, it's a, a real kind of minefield that you have to kind of walk through where it's like, you need to pay homage to it, but you can't pay too much homage yeah. to it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I had to put away the Giger books at a certain point because oh. I love his stuff. And, and, and I wanted to. That just... dude is, that dude is a magnetic man. He is, yeah. he's like a, he's like a sun in a solar system yes. and trying not to fall into oh. that gravitational. I, and I wanted to go insane. into that warm embrace so bad. I just kept like, <laughs> I, I had to put the books away. For, Cause like to be able to artistically fall into that. I, I kind of have like a, a bendy kind of style to begin with a very like, you know, so to, to fall into that would just be so, so lovely. Oh, dude. And, that, yeah. and I just wanted to go there and have this like, you know, this, I just wanted to do it so bad, but it's like, that's not, that's not the job. Like I'm not here to. to, to well, and, to and the, uh, and, and the, the weird thing about it, I don't know if you feel this way, but, but like, there are times when you look at somebody like Giger and you go, well, that's, that's correct. Yeah. That, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> that's, and, and if I were to do anything else, I would be wrong. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, it's like, like you making, said. making the decision to turn away from that magical thing is yeah. just the toughest thing in the world. You like know? you said, it's like the sun, you know, like, and, and the sun reorders the, uh, the rules of the universe by, by the laws of gravity, you know, like, so if you're close to it, well, that's what you have to do. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. It's really, it's just like, you, you have to try to find something unique in your own little tiny solar system yeah exactly <laughs> but uh but i think i think you did um you know an awesome job with that and in fact um one of the things that i think i think really helped you to kind of nail it is um the colors that you worked with on that oh yeah, yeah. you know because i i think your stuff does have that like you said bendy organic kind of uh kind of feel to it but i think you took it to this very clean place but then the colorist jumped in and cleaned it up even more. Yeah, um, so that that gave it that kind of um, the action was clean, mm -hmm. but the environments felt sanitized. Yeah, you yeah. know, and uh, and that that was that was just and it's it's hard for organic guys to pull that off. You yeah, know? and I think I think that combination with you and the colors really worked for you. Yeah, it was. Uh, I've had the the pleasure of working with uh, Tamara on most of my long form stuff um, since most everything after sheltered I've worked with her on and um because she has this incredible intelligence in terms of what the job needs angel catbird has more humor to it and like somehow she has she like amped the vibrancy uh aliens needed it needed that cleanness it needed a little bit less vibrancy and she she yeah, yeah. like and and I don't I don't send her notes you know I'm not like all right Charmer, so this is what we're up to because like she, she's a she's a painter she's a she's a color she knows what's what to do so i just hand it to her and i think i think in our time together i must have given her like maybe five nitpicky notes maybe oh dude that's years. yeah that's that's the same that's the same way i was with uh with uh laura when i did um black panther i mean the the coolest thing was we had like this this meeting that was just like probably four or five hours nice. and we just talked about color talked about everything talked about how I felt about like the world of Wakanda. And, uh, and she was just like, okay. And she went away and she sent me pages and she was like, you have any notes? And I'm like, no, <laughs> you know, it's like, it's like, and to me, it, it felt like, oh, wait a minute. So you're already making me look good. Yeah. <laughs> and you're asking me, how can you make me look better? That would be arrogant of me. <laughs> so, what was it like so working with Todd? The, the, the coolest thing, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm glad you said what you said about um, William Gibson, because Tanahase was the exact same way. And I mean, 
no ego in any conversation or anything like that. And when we would talk, it was always, we sacrifice ourselves to what we're trying to do here. Um, and, and if I jumped in with a suggestion, he would immediately kind of go, oh, I see what you're doing. Okay, I'm gonna echo that later. You know, I see what you've picked up here and you're grooving on this thing that I'm doing in the script. And I like that. That's the awesome thing about comics yeah. is that oftentimes it's just the four of us, <laughs> you yeah. know, it's yeah. like, and, and that's it. You know, when, when I look at, at movies and, and they roll the credits at the end, I'm like, and all these people agreed with each other. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know, so, so, so it's kind of like, you know, that's just really daunting. It's, it's really nice working in comics because everyone's ideas generally gets to make it to the book. You know, yeah. everyone's a, a you know a major a major con contributor to the uh, to the project, and even if you're a, a single creator, you can get your vision on the page. Um, whereas I think in just about every other medium, that's impossible. Yeah, and and for me, moving from commercial illustration, which commercial illustration is just pure flat out prostitution, and uh, and it's and it's cool because you know I was one of the prostitutes that that worked in the townhouse, you know, sort of in the, uh, in the <laughs> you know, sort of, in, you know, sort of far up, you know, sort of in, in, in the high rises. But at the same time, your opinion doesn't matter at all. Um, and when I started working in comics, it was just like, oh, wow. So what I say actually matters. And, uh, and, that, and that, was, that was just so much fun. The fact that if you have an idea for a story or if you have an idea for uh, anything, you can just do it. You know, okay. you can just kind of jump in there and, and do it. Or, or if you don't have any ideas and, and you like Batman, go turn your brain off, draw the hell out of some Batman. So it was like everything that you'd want as an artist is, is right here for you in, uh, in comics. And, yeah, you're right and you get the, paid too. Yeah. You're right about the collaborative process. It does feel like a, a small town gang and like a, a 1950s movie there's like four of you with like you know a jacket that says like the name of the project on it and you're going around and you're kind of you, know, you got each other's backs you know and everyone has like suggestions you know and you know you can smash windows or never mind oh yeah yeah well the um the, the cool the coolest thing to me is um is most comics that i do are better than i thought they were going to be yeah you know, it's just like when you when you start off that project and you're like, oh, man, this is going to be awesome. I, I think there isn't a single artist that's happy with the work that they do. Um, but like you do your best and it's just like, oh, man, OK, well, I, I did that. That's the best I can do. And then you get it back from the colors and it's just like, "Ooh, yeah, yeah. OK, yeah. OK. Yeah. You know, and uh, and and then when you see that final script, that final pass of the script or whatever, it's just like that is so awesome you know and it's like you said you're 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 like a gang you know <laughs> and you can kind of get together and go yeah we did that you know? yeah you're so right like I send off pages I send off inks and I just feel like an asshole I'm like I'm the worst in the world <laughs> this is the worst thing ever I'm gonna be run out of town and then the colors come back and I'm the same thing like oh okay and then when I see the letters that's usually when I'm just like like oh that we we did it again. We pulled it off. Yeah. Like, how do, you know, and, like, and every time, every time it's, it's like, a surprise. It's insane. Like we landed yeah. the plane. Yeah. It looked like <laughs> we're going to make it. Yeah. Like, it's like, it's like, wow, this is an honest to goodness comic book. It's got yeah. bubbles. And well, I, I, I don't know. I don't know how you feel about this, but, but like, I, I have this, this thing where I'll, I'm, I'm reading the script when I'm laying the pages out. You know, mm -hmm. just really making sure that the acting and everything like that is there. And then when I'm doing the pages, I generally like having the word balloons done on my layouts mm -hmm. so that I can actually really tune in the um, the acting. Um, sure. But and, and, and it's, it, it might be kind of building on what you said. The coolest thing for me is when it's all done, you know, and. And you kind of go, okay. And you take that PDF and you open it to page one and, and you read it like a fan. 
Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. you just, you just, you just like, yeah, I worked on this, but I'm going to, I'm going to read this like a fan and you're just sitting back and you're just reading the word balloons, you know, sort of one after the other and kind of like looking at things. There's just nothing cooler than that. Man. Yeah. That's, ex that's exactly it. Like it feels almost like you almost sometimes forget that you're an integral part of what you're reading. It's just <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. you're so excited about like, oh yeah, oh, this is so dope. You know, and it's like, oh, right. Yeah. This is, like you're so into it like you sometimes you have yeah, to snap yeah. out of it and go like all oh, right this is actually my book that um yeah and, and and i think when when you do that kind of fan reading it's it's almost like that's the first moment that for me that i become decoupled from the process like it's it's almost like i don't remember the script yeah. you know i don't i don't remember oh setting this action sequence up you know it's like oh okay i'm i'm actually like the memory of all that work is like, chances are weeks and sometimes months old. So it's like, it's really cool to kind of go, ah, okay, wow, this, this is a comic book now. This isn't a job that I did. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is, this is something, something for the ether. And, uh, and, and that's, that's just way too cool, man. Tell me about your journey from like through commercial art. Did you like leave comics, commercial art, back to comics? Or were you like commercial art, comics? I've, I've been loving your stuff since the, those Shadow of the Bat covers. Like, oh, yeah. My <laughs> yeah. Mind. And I was like, wherever this guy is, wherever he goes, I must fall. You know, um, <laughs> but uh, so yeah, what was, what was, what was your, your journey? I was, uh, I was born in South Carolina and not only South Carolina, but a tiny, tiny, um, small, like um, Gullah town. In, uh, in South Carolina and wow. civilization had moved on. <laughs> you know, so, so there weren't comic book shops. Um, in fact, we had like one stoplight, you know? So it was just like, just nothing. But my dad was, uh, was military. So we would get pulled out of this like land that time forgot and then dropped into Colorado Springs. And then a couple of years later pulled out back to South Carolina, pulled out on one of these occasions, we got dropped into uh, New York, upstate New York. Uh, my dad taught at, at West Point, the military academy. So what was cool was I went to a Catholic school and there was a comic book shop right next to the Catholic school. So a bunch of my buddies, you know, we would all after school go to the comic book shop and, and hang out for a few hours. And that's what kind of got me into comics. And, uh, and, you know, really into drawing as well. Um, but then when we went back to South Carolina, no comics. <laughs> so, so I didn't even, you know, know what was happening in, in comics. I kind of dropped out of it for, uh, for years. I mean, I, I drew at the time and I was kind of like hooked up with the local newspaper and actually started drawing editorials for newspaper. And because I was drawing, I got to do commercial product illustrations and stuff like that. So I was just the, the guy that did the drawings in the newspaper. And then I found out this thing, commercial art, and went to the Art Institute here in Atlanta and basically got into the whole commercial art side of things. And it wasn't until I hooked up with a few of my buddies from uh, West Point uh, that they said, hey, we're in Atlanta for the Atlanta Fantasy Fair. And I was just like, wait a minute, comics still exist? And, uh, and when I went to, um, to the Fantasy Fair, I got infected again. And I was just like, oh man, I gotta do this. <laughs> you know? and, uh, and you know, by, by then I, I feel that I had built up some superpowers. So maybe I could do this thing. And I did um, an independent comic book absolutely fell in love with it and uh and just switched everything over eventually to um to doing comics full-time it's kind of funny because it wasn't for years after that that i realized that the reason why i'm into art was storytelling you know it wasn't it wasn't drawing i thought it was drawing but it wasn't really drawing it was uh it was storytelling and uh and and comics is Comics is it, you know, it's, it's, it's the best place for, I did architectural illustrations. I did courtroom illustrations. I did fashion illustrations. I did newspaper illustrations. I did, I worked for a car magazine at one point. So it was like all these different little jobs and I'd get burnt out on all of them. And, but I was fascinated by doing the art. 
And in comics, it's like, oh, so I did all those little jobs. I was practicing for this one big job. <laughs> you know? And uh, and there's there's absolutely no burn whatsoever on comics. Um, the I think I think the saddest thing in the world is I am going to die before I do all the stories <laughs> that I want to do. <laughs> Uh, I, I would, you know, draw all the time in elementary school and, you know, and uh, junior high and, and high school, whatever. And I ended up at an art art magnet high school kind of thing. And, oh, wow. Uh, yeah. But like the thing was like, like you said, like I liked the drawings and, and it was and I, I was good enough to get in, but I wasn't. I switched over to, to film and TV, the film and TV component. We had like a photography component, film and TV. It's a, it's, it's a pool of storytelling, man. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, and commercial art. So I, I, I was just like, drawing was fun and all, but whatever. I liked reading my comics, but uh, whatever. So I moved over to the film and TV side. And I was like, oh, this is great or whatever. And then when I rediscovered comics, and I was like, oh, this is, I can do that. And it could be... Yeah me and a gang you know like instead of <laughs> yeah. being, like i gotta hunt down all this money i gotta find this and that i gotta dig up a rich uncle i gotta you know beg for all this money to make a film uh at least in my head growing up in miami florida it was like i didn't i didn't know like how people actually like fundraise but i knew i knew how to sit in a room and draw you know yeah um, and and at that point that was it like that was that was it for me uh and then i you know fully went into uh like art for narrative purposes Ah, oh, oh. You know, and, and just yeah, it's it's funny that that's exactly what it was, and and after that, that like that's it, that's it for me. Like I'm, I'm yeah, for yeah, good. and and I think I think your stuff is built for that, man. Your your stuff is is just like so built for telling stories. You know, there's yeah, I've I've been asked the question like, which which do you prefer, like doing covers or doing interiors? And it's just like they are nothing alike. <laughs> you know, it's just like when you when you do a cover you're doing a piece of art that you want to make someone stop right. and, and just look at it and just be glued to it. And you want to put enough detail and enough information in there for them to pour over that cover for like minutes, hours, and then you want them to come back to it again and again and again. And that's a, a, a certain way of doing art. Yeah. But when you do interiors, you're actually trying to make, you know, sort of, the art Teflon, <laughs> you know, you're trying to trying to make the reader slide from one panel to the next panel to the next panel, and 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 I can tell that you do this with uh, with your stuff, where you kind of go, oh, I got a moment coming up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, don't pay attention to what I'm doing now. Right. <laughs> I've got a moment coming up, and uh, and to me, there's nothing more awesome than that than than like orchestrating that moment, you know, sort of like really teasing the reader up to that one image um, and that that image is the art. Everything else before the image was just pure storytelling. Thanks. Yeah, like sometimes I'll have like like issues leading up to, there's like this one sequence in the alien thing with the, the face rip, like it was like everything was building, <laughs> oh, building, building, building. And just like knowing that that was coming and trying to like, like keep it exciting enough where you keep the reader going yeah uh, and and uh but at the same time yeah like you said like that they that there's a, enough little like cliffhangers at the end of every page like everything is geared to just like kind of keeping the train moving forward uh till that moment where you like get them forever hopefully you know uh yeah versus the cover where i'm always thinking of that 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 advertising adage i don't know if it's true or not but you get like 0.3 seconds you know yeah, like, yeah. of eyeball time so everything is like, yeah, like you said, like getting them to stop, getting them to stop longer. Or if you can get, if you can get them for a few seconds, you know, long enough to, yeah. you know, okay, Batman. Okay, great. They got that. All right. Image. Oh, okay. There's this image. All right. What's, oh, okay. What's, what's going on here? Batman. Okay, great. All right. Uh, all right. Okay. I, I'm intrigued. All right. Who, what are the names? Who's in the, okay, great. Okay. All right. Cool. I, I dig that. I dig that artist. Okay. All right. And get them long enough where they pick it up and open it. 
That's, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's it's um, it's it's the carnival barker, you know, yeah. where you it's like I'm going to scream something, and then if the if the customer stops, well, now I'm going yeah, yeah, like, to say something else, you, you know. And, uh, and, yeah. And if the customer <laughs> gets closer, when they get closer, I'm going to say, hey, well, you know what else there is? <laughs> yeah. Know? So it's just like it's like that distance, and then that oh, you're interested. Oh, you're really interested. Oh, you're going to open the book. I've done my job. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's nothing better than when you when you when you have that moment. You pick it up. You look at it. You're all excited. You flip it open, and the interior art's like great and you're just like oh, oh yes yeah correct <laughs> choice instead of like you know you flip yeah. it open and you're like oh no it's, it's kind of cool because like as 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 a cover artist there's a thing on the interior that's awesome you know there's yeah. there's the reason why the story was told and it's awesome but as a cover artist i gotta go i'm not gonna touch that yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to leave that for the interior. I'm, I'm going to leave him with something. And of course, the editors are like, hey, man, do the thing, do the thing. And it's like, no, 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 no. That's the cake. <laughs> I've never heard anyone actually say that before. So true, <laughs> yeah. though. Like, you don't want to say that. Yeah, yeah. It's just like, leave that for the end. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm already eating his lunch. <laughs> you know, already taking everything from him, <laughs> leaving this. <Right. laughs> we, I was having this conversation earlier today. He did a, a movie where basically they ruined it because they gave everything away in the trailer. He's like, that's <sighs> yeah. the, the, the fight you have because you make this movie and you have these reveals and then the studio gets it and they, they put it all in the trailer. You're like there's nothing oh, yeah. left. There's, you know, yeah. and, and that's why more and more films uh, it seemed to be that way. Like, how do you approach it? Because everybody's trying so hard to get people, you know, to to buy the ticket or watch it on Netflix or whatever it is to get oh, those eyeballs. With, your... the, with the the Marvel movies, man, all the trailers for Marvel movies are cliff notes of the movies. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. So then when you get an, uh, a smaller film that doesn't have the you know five hundred million dollar advertising budget, so the these guys are like, all right, we got to make our money back. We got to give them the good stuff. Uh, so I, I just remember, you know, when I was growing up, you didn't give everything away in the trailer, right? I mean, you, there was yeah. intrigue and you had, you, you had to wonder, but you saw the trailer a lot of times on, if you were watching TV, right. they were running it during the Super Bowl and the, you know, whatever football and you know, all the shows. Um, and now I guess they're like, Hey, you, there's 8 million things on YouTube you can be watching. So we got to grab their attention right out of the gate. Um, but the covers are very similar because you don't want to give too much away. And then you also don't want to completely mislead as to what's yeah. in the book. <laughs> you know? So oh, yeah. it's a tricky yeah. game. I, yeah. When I can't find anything, I'll completely mislead you. Make a promise that the book is not going to back up. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen those trailers that are like, it's two minutes long, but it's four acts. And I'm like, seriously like you got that yeah. many turns and like can we just yeah. can you just but it's 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 the, the four acts in order of yeah. how they will appear in the film <laughs> yeah and it's i remember i forget i think the first one that i ever saw like that was was it for spider-man 3 it was just, it was i remember sitting there coming in like excited like yeah and by the end of the trailer i was like i've seen it yeah <laughs> like yeah like they had me they lost me. What's what's head. what's weird? What's weird is um is when I saw like Iron Man two, when I saw the trailer for Iron Man two, I was just like, oh my god, I need to see this movie. And then when I went to see the movie, the movie was just the connective tissue to the stuff that was in the trailer. The trailer, yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> it was just like I was like, oh, so really, absolutely nothing more happens in the movie than what happened in the trailer, beat for beat all the way to the end of the uh, end of the movie. And then they showed the climactic scene at the end of the movie, at the end of the trailer. So it was just like, okay, so I, I got nothing here. You know, I got absolutely nothing. Those trailer cutters should be run out of town. As a writer also, I think um, one of the things that you have to kind of consider is, does your first act set up? And is your first act intriguing? And I, and, I, and I think what people, people have kind of forgotten about that. So with these movies, technically you should just show elements from the first act. Yeah. And if your first act is done well, 
it should set up a question that the viewer needs to go to the movie to answer. Right. Can you imagine if M. Night Shyamalan would have put out the Sixth Sense, you know, last oh my month? God. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it would have been one of the greatest. I remember going to see that movie. I had no clue what was going to happen like any, nobody else did. And, you know, and uh, just the, the shock of, oh, my God. And then you go back and you watch it. I mean, we, I think I went back the next night and it was all there you know, the entire time. You know, all the all the clues. Right. But yeah. because you had no idea, you didn't you weren't paying attention. It was so well done. But it would have totally be there was no way he would get away with that now. The, the, yeah. They cut the trailer. Oh, yeah. 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 Bruce Willis would fade away at the end, you know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Well, when, you, like, when you build for like character, like I was thinking today about Batman uh, Begins, and like the the trailer could have been like just set up Bruce Wayne, a man with guilt. Oh, you know his parents died, and blah blah blah. He bangs himself. He goes to the far ends of the earth. Blah blah blah. Meets Rachel Ghoul, and that one moment where Rachel Ghoul's training him or whatever, and uh, he leans into Bruce. Oh, he like he's he's training him like your parents' death was not your fault. Like, he leans in closer. It was your father's. Boom! And then, like, That's that could have been. Yeah, end of trailer. <laughs> all you need to know, you're like, oh man, that was some cold shit. All right, I gotta see this movie. Like, yeah. who says that? And, and that, 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 you know, yeah, the thing, the thing that makes me wonder is like, is there one guy or girl? that's out there that's just like i don't know about this captain america movie i'm gonna need to see more <laughs> <laughs> it's like is there one person out there that's like i wasn't gonna see it but now that i see the helicarriers crash from the end of the movie in the trailer now i'm gonna go see the movie you know but right. if i didn't see that i wasn't gonna see the movie you know it's just like these guys, you're gonna, the people are gonna see it. Um, with all yeah. the Marvel movies, the only trailer you have to do is go, new movie, Captain America. Yeah. End of trailer. Card. <laughs> yeah. Yes. You, you don't That's need to it. know the story. They don't need to, to give it away. You do just a couple of cool shots and, you know, you're there. Um, I don't know. I don't, I don't understand uh, the marketing business. I feel sorry for the people that are having to make those calls because. My God, used to be, you know, in the in the 90s, you, you just ran your movie trailer uh, during Friends and ER or Seinfeld and boom, you had $20 million that weekend. Everybody, thank you so very much for listening to our podcast. This is the first of two parts with Johnny Christmas. Come back next week and we'll wrap up and talk a little bit more about his film inspirations as well as his image comic Tartarus with Jack T. Cole. All right, see you guys next week.